We're people of state of remembrance. In 2022, we've been gazing upon the goodness of God. And I've been looking at that, I think, a couple of slides. I realize, you know, part of going through this has been, um, so even in putting on the slides, it could put on a statement and a whole bunch of things floods your mind because we've journeyed with God for so long. It's been, it's been what, 2020, 2021, but so much of walking with God even in this year. Um, and so we have an experience of uh, this abundance, rich presence of God that we've actually, you know, been privileged to actually have. And God's presence has been amazing. Um, and so that's what we went through. We went through gazing at the goodness of God. And we all can say amen, right? God has been amazing. He's been good. And, and even in this time of pandemic when we couldn't do this, we couldn't gather, His presence has been with us. His presence has been with us. So you never felt lost. He's, he's filled the gaps in our lives with His, with his presence. He's, he's, he's really filled us with, with His own presence. And, and so we never felt alone. Part of the other thing was we spoke about, I think we went through um, in 1 Corinthians 11.24. It says, you do this in remembrance of me. And the people in a state of remembrance have to honor Jesus with their life. They do life in, in order to honor the Lord. And that was really talking about the, you know, the table of covenant and, and really breaking bread one with the other. But how that we do that, that even when we, when we meet, the word of God says to us that where two or three are there, there he is. And God is always in the conversations, he's always in the, uh, in the, the eating and the sharing of bread and, and meals and he's, he's, always, he's always with us and we do all of that in remembrance of him. It means that we uphold those spaces. We exist in those spaces to honor God. Those are not spaces where, you know, where the devil breeds. It's not a breeding ground for, for the enemy, but it's a breeding ground for, for the things of the Lord to expand, for the things of the Lord to really uh, you know, expand within our own lives, within our own hearts, within our own minds. Um, but the things of the Lord will expand. Uh, in our lives, and we always found that, and we can all bear testimony to that, that whenever we meet, just in a conversation with someone, that there are things swelling up on the inside, there are things stirring and being stirred continuously on the inside of us, and, and so we've been privileged that we have to, we've had the presence of God, but in a state of remembrance, we do these things to honor Him, we honor Him. We looked at Deuteronomy. And um, part of the meaning of that word means the second law or the repetition of that law. It's, it's going back, rehearsing, rehearsing what God is saying, rehearsing all the time. Uh, an interesting analogy of that was when we were meeting for worship on Friday. And uh, I said to guys, you know, how ready were we at Kingdom Humanity uh, at the beginning of the year in May? You know, how, how ready do we feel now? How, how sharp are we right now? And, and the thing was, now it's because we rehearsed all the time. We, we, we always repeat it. There's this repetition that's taking place. In Joshua, it says, don't let this book of the law leave your heart, that you meditate on it. You, you, you seek to do everything that is in it. And you don't do everything that's in the book of the law or God tells you to do all at once. It's an unfolding thing within your own life. It unfolds as we walk this journey with the Lord. So we've been looking at Deuteronomy, that book of rehearsal, um, where God has come to us, and, and part of that is looking back at the journey, 
um, the voice of God and his command, the presence of God within the company of people. We are looking, you know, they continue to be reminded of how God has walked with them and been with them. Um, there, were, there were issues of looking and peering ahead into the future and, and the future demands. Remember that the Israelite journey didn't begin and end with leaving Egypt. You had to arrive somewhere. The end result of that was promised land. We had to leave Egypt in order to arrive somewhere. And so it was refocusing and re-looking at where are we going now? What is it? Where are we now? But where are we supposed to be arriving? Where's the place of arrival for us? Um, the prophetic identity and succession. Um, and we looked at the readiness of engaging fulfillment. Okay, so these are, I just want to share a couple of thoughts that I've been having um, around this. So one of the things I've been thinking about is the convictions of the Lord over my own life um, and over my family, and we all do that at times, and how that really the things that God places in a human heart is intended to last a lifetime because the things that he places in your heart is true. And if it's true, then it can last a lifetime. It doesn't change his mind about what he said to you. You know, God didn't, it doesn't change his mind. He say, I'm taking you out of a space and you're going to arrive at the promised land. Ah, but I changed my mind. I think the wilderness is good. Um, you know, he doesn't change his mind. So, so the things of God, when we look at the convictions that he places within our own heart, it has to hold true for a lifetime. In that we have to hold the good confession of the faith for a lifetime. For a lifetime. And remembrance is... It's also a time to pause and to consider. And we're pausing and considering, you know, as life continues to unfold. And I was thinking about natural time and drawing a parallel for us in terms of how things in the natural, no matter how you want to slow them down, you're going to hit 40 at some point. And, uh, you know, no matter how you try to, you know, deduct your age, uh, some of us used to have the, the fifth anniversary of our 40th birthday. You know, um, but no matter how you try and scale down or pause time, it doesn't slow down. In the natural, time continues to accelerate and to grow and to progress. And so when we're raising kids, kids continue to grow. When we're raising them, they go from small children, from green group to red group to youth that progression continues to take place over time. Nothing stops that from happening. These young men, my three boys, will become men one day. Um, and nothing will stop that progression from, ch from a child to a youth to a man or to a woman of God. And one day getting married and being, you know, having to run a family like how they've seen their uh, mom and dad do it. So time continues to unfold. We don't, we can't pause time. We can't pause the natural reality uh, and, and the unfolding of our natural life. And we're all getting older. <laughs> we all, you know, the, and, and as you get older, if there's one thing that you look for is more certainty and stability. You want things to be pre uh, predictable, stable within our own space. But God, God continues to speak over the span of our life. His voice continues to clarify for us our identity, our call, and our purpose. So, in this parallel, we are growing in the earth. We're going to be born, and we're going to die one day. We're going to be born, 
we're going to grow, we're going to have children, we're going to do all of those things, become men of God, we're going to, and, and one day we will we'll leave the earth. But th that's, that's the issue, is that things continue to progress. But God continues to ramp up, and alongside natural life is our growth in the Lord, our walk and our devotion with Him. Parallel to that life, and, and, and even more so, the Spirit gives definition and gives structure to how we live. And that's what I feel that even in this time of remembrance, I'm being reminded of. That we've been through a whole bunch of stuff in all over the last couple of years, um, especially with the pandemic and all of the things that we had to go through. But the Spirit of the Lord actually has been with us. His presence has been with us. And His voice has not stopped. That means in order to live, what we've got to pay attention to is the unfolding voice of the Lord within our space. We've got to pay attention to what He's doing in our midst. Because what gives life meaning is the voice of God in our space. What allows us to build young kids, what allows us to parent and to hold marriages and to hold our own, our own space, even in our purity as men and women, is our life in God. And so as life progresses, even more so, we got to progress inside of our own walk with the Lord and our devotion to Him. Okay, so those are just my thoughts. A remembrance conversation is spiritual activity. And like we said, that every time we gather, God is in that space and the things of the Lord continue to stir. They continue to, to erupt within us. And, and, and sometimes we get reminded, if you're like me, of, ah, I remember God saying this to me one day. Uh, and in those conversations, it comes up, you know, you're reminded of this is what God actually intends for my life. A spirit-led process that you have um, with an ordained relational context. So those conversations is within a space, uh, a company of people that are journeying in the same way as you. That we are journeying together inside of the things of God together. Um, you know, as he speaks, we all hear. So as he instructs, we all hear, we all do. We're all following together. We're all walking the same journey. We're all going through the same stuff. Um, there's, there's, there's nothing uh, that, it, that we don't go through that, you know, that we go through alone. We actually journey in this space together. So natural time shifts and changes in accordance with spiritual demand. And what that means is that the spiritual realm must have influence over what happens to me here, over my vocation, over my manhood, over my my womanhood, over, over the, my considerations of my own future. Um, the spirit realm must have influence and bring insight to what has God ordained? What is that next step for me? What is that future reality? We're not meant to be in the wilderness. How do I arrive at that place called promised land? And so there's a constant war. Uh, in the flesh against what an authentic spiritual activity uh, should be. And, and it's there to stifle growth. And when I, when I put this note there, I've considered how difficult it is to have vulnerable conversations at times about what God is doing in our life. And, and sometimes what, what we're really worrying against is the flesh. But yet the spiritual activity must overarch and, and cover and, and be the overarching reality for us in terms of the flesh. But it's not easy. You know, we struggle to actually 
talk through stuff. We struggle to actually, um, you know, I struggle to actually have conversations that are open, to actually have conversations that are true and honest. Uh, you know, when we went through this, where Mafo was talking to us about that courageous conversations must be there. When we, when we have conversations of remembrance, it's about honesty. It's about the honesty of our journey. It must have integrity in it. But this flesh comes to mock. This and what, what's the mocking? The mocking is the life that we've lived so far. Because the older you get, we also run the risk of knowing too much and becoming set, set things, certain things in, in our lives being set in stone. Certain realities being forming part of this foundation of life that, you know, that, that we have. And we have to constantly strive to actually build on the rock that is Christ. And, and, and Christ being the rock means there's an, there's an evolving reality. It's continuously growing. It's continually growing up into the head that is him. But, but it's challenge. And what that challenge is really there to do is to frustrate the things of the Lord within our life, to stifle the growth, to, to put a lid on a cap on the eruption of the Lord within our own life. Okay? And so vulnerable conversations is the key. Being able to walk together and open up, open up the veil of our life, and that's what we want. You open up the veil of your life and be able to speak clearly, speak courageously, before and, and, and have someone walk alongside you. You must see me and I must see you. You see me and I see you and that's how we journey together. And that's where the word of the Lord says that those who walk together in agreement, there he commands a blessing. There things break open. A blessing of the Lord is the breakthrough inside of a conversation that we're waiting for. It's the breakthrough inside of a situation that we're waiting for. God commands a blessing in those spares. To remember, okay, so when we are stifled spiritually, we have to engage with life at a disadvantage. So what you find is life is continuing to grow and to accelerate, but we're limping through life. And that's what it's been the journey for the, for the Israelite company. You know, if you consider their journey, that they, they were kind of limping because any any sort of thing uh, situation they face they always said you know what this is too hard let's go back let me go back to a known reality i've lived this life this is looking too hard um let me go back to something that i know and so what what really spiritual stifling does is we still have to raise kids we still have to have marriages but we're not properly equipped to do so to remember is a place of value. Uh, to remember is to place value, rather, on what God has said to us. It restores our confidence in the convictions God has placed in our hearts. So process of remembering is to focus not on the events only, and not on the information only of the past and the historic information and the facts and get all of the details right. It's about finding confidence in what God has said. It's about revisiting the moments where God spoke to us, when the thing landed within your own heart and landed within your own space. And all of us would have a salvation experience. We know how the things of God landed here for me to put my foot forward and say, God, I accept you. I accept what you're saying, that you are the Savior. 
I accept you for my life. And, and so we begin there with conviction in our heart. But over time, as life progresses, we can tend to forget what he said. We can forget that there is an arrival point and, and forget that there is a promised land. And that's why the book of Deuteronomy is a, is a rehearsal book. And what you see as a consistent theme, and this is something I want us to remember because you probably say this over and over you know, to this, uh, this afternoon, is remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. The book of remembrance is not about how I didn't have anything to eat. It's about remembering the God who sent manna. The journey through life is not about looking at how I went through struggles and I was holding my breath until something broke. Journey through life is how I went through struggles and I saw God arise and break something for me. I saw something happen inside of my own space. I saw the God. I remember the God of my life. And so it restores confidence and has to in the convictions God has placed in our hearts. We cannot forget our convictions, the, con the confessions of the Lord within our, within our own hearts. So look here a little bit there. We've, we've been disrupted, right, by natural phenomenon. And I'm continuing to draw this line or this parallel between how we live and, and in our life in God, you know. Um, so we've been disrupted, but what, what does not change is the requirement for believers to grow and to be more like Jesus. So, COVID-19, looting, um, there's, some, there's some exceptional examples that we have for ourselves at KZN. Nowhere in the world, you know, would you have all of this, but um, storms and flooding, all of the stuff that we've had to do, and now we're dealing with wars and the impact of that. The world is, is so interconnected that if, if, if literally someone sneezes in China, we, we feel it here. Um, it's so interconnected that someone that takes a, a, a stance against another nation, it affects us here. And these people are people that believe that what they're doing is correct, right? It affects us here. They, they hold a certain conviction about what they do. And so for us as a church, we live through these days. We're living through all of this stuff. But what does not change is that must be more like him. There can be no excuse to not be more like him. You know, what does not change is the imperative and importance that when I said, God, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, that you who I behold, I become more like you. That my journey inside of the turmoil of life and to all the circumstances that I walk, uh, that I journey through, through all of the stuff that, that I don't cause, but I am a, uh, you know, a second-hand recipient of, the stuff that happened to me, but, but that sometimes that are not my own doing. But I have to find you in the midst of it. I have to find faith in the midst of it. I have to find the Lord that he's my provider in the midst of that. I have to find the God, my healer. God, my shalom in the midst of that. I have to find God and we have to grow into him in the midst of that. And so what does not change is the importance of becoming more like Jesus. So we are living in a day, an environment, a day of fulfillment. Why do I say that? 
because if you look at all of the exceptional circumstances around, when you look at the Word of God, it's filled with darkness, mobilizing and accelerating and becoming greater and greater and greater. It's filled with situations that are becoming tougher to live within. The, you know, you, you're living under uh, environments and times of constraint and you're being restricted. And that's when God comes and actually pushes his agenda forward that the kingdom of God is always advancing through hostile times. The kingdom of God is always advancing through times of hostility. You know, the, the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take by force. It's always moving through times of hostility. So what do we find? Are we not in that time now? If we had to lift our gaze beyond how the moment makes us feel that I don't have this or, or I'm not or I'm lacking in this, but how does it make us feel? It makes us feel as if God is about to do something. We should be carrying that within our own spirits. A sense that the more I feel this thing grow on the outside, the more I feel my conviction on the inside that the things of God is about to break forth. And so we are living in a day of fulfillment. We are living in a day where God is about to break through in an environment where that is poised actually for us to, to step into the next thing in God for us to step into the next phase of ourselves in the Lord, for us to break through certain things within that, that our hostility is within our own space, within our own lives. This is the moment to actually take God on and to bargain with Him so that we can be pushed to that next phase. And it's a time of remembrance that prepares us for engaging the next phase. So we go through this, right? We, a time of remembrance helps us to engage with the next phase. Now, I'm going to use the marriage context because uh, I learned a lot of my lessons by having a family <laughs> and being married. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty consistent, I must tell you that. So um, anything that you can do well here, you can take those same things and apply it anywhere. Any vocation, any business platform, uh, anything. Don't, don't, be, don't be riled by any uh, big words or concepts. Family is the core construct of life. And so my example is there is that if I have to look at that, the, the, the time of remembrance pre prepares us for engaging the next phase. Once there was only a mercy in me. And we had to consider and sit and consider what is the next phase. And we look, we, we're looking at having some, some little ones run around at home. So in the natural, we have this. We have considerations and talks around the next thing for us. We always find ourselves talking about the next things for us. And so we find ourselves remembering, going through this thing about how we were, we maybe we were courting, we, were, we had this time where we were talking through our, our issues in our first year, second year of marriage. We, we're consolidating, we're getting integrated over time. We feel, okay, based on the, the movement that we've made, based on what we were able to achieve, now we can do with some kids. Right? And that's what happens in the natural. So a time of remembrance is really designed to engage with the next phase. We always are sitting and talking and considering because there's something we want to get. It's not a, 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 a concept that we are foreign to. Um, you know, um, Mafa was taking us through the, 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 
Independence Day stuff for the U.S. And, and even here at home, we have uh, you know, a whole bunch of holidays that we have to remember. The, but a time of remembrance is actually supposed to be not just to have a party on the day, I think Yuki was saying, but to remember where we came from in order that we recondition ourselves, refocus, realign ourselves um, so that we can do something, um, you know, something better moving forward. So if we look at that, I mean, I mean, looking at this, what has my life been in in the time of COVID? You know, when you reflect, Mafa is smiling here. You know, pre-COVID, during, post-COVID, uh, and I know in the physical, some of us were running, doing 5Ks three times a week, <laughs> and doing a whole bunch of stuff. I don't want to ask you directly the question, what has your life been during the pandemic and now post? <laughs> Because things have opened up, and I suppose you'll get to those five Ks three times a week now. But the consideration is that we've been forced to grow, or we've been forced to accept that life gets shaped for us. That we walk through this pandemic, we've, we've seen a lot of things that were lingering issues. COVID-19 didn't give us any new issues to deal with. What it does is put a spotlight on the stuff that is there. The Word of God does the same. The Word of God finds us in a place, and what it does is put a spotlight on the stuff that is there. It illuminates for us. It, it causes the, the, you know, an amplification, an amplage, uh, the volume to be raised on the issues that we currently walk with that, um, that were kind of escaping us from time to time. And so we pay attention because something out there, something extraordinary or out of the ordinary has taken place inside of that. Okay, so we evaluate or look into the journey that has been in, in order to empower us to take the journey ahead. And we must see something in God ahead. You know, something in the Lord. Um, we are beholding Him consistently. And what we're looking for is what do we see now? So the challenge for any generation is to stand amidst all of the conditions that that generations face and to declare what they see in God. And this is not a, a pulpit issue or a platform issue. The challenge I have as a husband, the challenge I have as a father, is to declare the word of the Lord to my wife and to my kids, to establish that this is what God says for us amidst the conditions, amidst all of the challenges that we have. And so we must be seen, we must be seeing something ahead in God. And we have to consistently behold Him. Okay, so we remember and pay attention not just to relive the moments or feel pain or suffering or joy in the journey. You know, we can have conversations or, about what life has been in a very unhealthy way and have an unhealthy relationship with the history of our life. That's not what we're looking for. A time of remembrance is, is about, remember, remember the Lord your God in those moments. It's not about going and remembering a very difficult time that you had and reliving the pain and then regressing into a time of, you know, of, of anxiety and depression. It's not about recounting the historical facts and, and the details and and. and, and end up winding up at a place where we figure out or we think, oh, how disadvantaged I am. 
it's not a time where you have to recount the details of your life and, and see, oh God, my life has been difficult. What you always got to do is, it is a, a time of recounting the events that have gone by, but remembering that the Lord has been faithful. That we are remembering the God of the journey and we are filtering the events and conversations do that. Conversations are petitions before God. Um, you know, when we, when we converse, the, the book of Malachi it talks about it. It says those who, you know, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And it became a book of remembrance before him. And, and, and so it's a time of actually using the abundance of God's rich word within a community within my relational context and the wisdom of God, his spirit and his presence amongst us and in us and through us to filter through the events of life, to distill all of the residue dirt and the, the issues and to arrive at God in his faithfulness. So we're not recounting the, the events of our life so that we could be saddened by what has taken place. What we're really doing is finding value and energy and encouragement for the God who has been and the God who is still here. That the God who has brought us through, and you're always reminded of, of David. David went through this time. It says the same God who, the same God who is recounting not the fact of, oh God, I had to take care of my father's flock and I was despised by my fathers and my brothers were better than me and Oh, I, they don't see that I have to fight this lion and this bear. I was in, the, in, in, you know, in a desert somewhere outside of their sight. What he says in front of Goliath. Uh, inside of a, a moment of change inside of Israel as a, uh, as a company of people. Where soldiers were actually tottering, he says. They were shivering inside of that moment. What he recounts is the same God who delivered. So he knew the God who is able to deliver. He knew the God who is able to actually be in a moment that transforms a negative situation and brings out something that we have not seen before, that is able to pull us through and experience, and, and actually we arrive at the other end walking with greater depths of faith, greater depths of acknowledgement of the God and his activity in our life. The God who is never far from us. We walk with this, this confidence that God, Emmanuel, is always here. He's always the God that is with us. And so we have to journey through life, not merely recounting the events and the historic information. We have to find God in the midst of that. We have to find God in the midst of that. You know, as Alice said, we're not um, strange. It's not strange for us to actually celebrate moments in our life. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate, you know, people and their journey in God, anniversaries and what the, the years have been. And so we used to actually celebrating the good things of God in our life, of how I once was and how I am today and the God who is able to deliver us. So we have to use those conversations. We are filtering through stuff. So here's the scripture I want to read, which actually tells us how God actually uses natural things to point us towards a more spiritual process. In Deuteronomy 8, chapters, uh, chapter 8 from verse 1 to 4, he says, 
Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. Remember, this, can you see that word remember? Be careful to follow every command, it says, so that you may live and increase and may enter. And that's almost like a preliminary, right? A condition for increase is to remember to follow every command I am giving you today. I am giving you today. And he's recounting those commands. This is a book of rehearsals. It means it was given to you before. Uh, and now I am stating to you again as a matter of urgency, uh, as a matter of, of, of you know, um, great urgency. If, if Paul was writing, says, I'll urge you, you know, I will plea with you to actually pay attention to the command that I am giving you today, that you may live and increase and enter and possess the land. It says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order that you, in, in order to know what was in your heart that will humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger. Here you see natural stuff going on. He, the the um, restriction of natural resource that we all need. We need food to live, okay? So that we could be tested to see what was in our heart and whether or not we would keep his commands. So he caused you to hunger. He humbled you. And then he fed you with manna which neither you or your ancestors known to teach you that man should not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell during these 40 years. How beautiful is that? And you look this state of natural circumstances, almost famine, you could say, in, a, in that time. You're journeying through the wilderness. There is no food. This is a company of people that are very good with their hands inside of Egypt. They were the farmers and the builders and all of this stuff. They actually ran the industries of, of Egypt. Very functional. Not people who don't know what to do. Very functional. That if you give them a new space, they know exactly how to build an industry around it. They know how to dig a well. They know how to plant uh, you know, uh, crops and farm the land. They know how to build industries around them. But what happened? They were starved. And their own hands couldn't do for them what they needed. They... They needed to rely on the Lord, and the Lord restricted them. He used it, something that in their own strength they would be able to deal with. You know, they could go out and hunt and kill and feed themselves, and, or they could, they could go out and farm and irrigate the land and, and feed themselves. But he brought them to a place, into an unknown reality, where they were out of their depths that these hands actually were not capable of doing anything anymore. And he humbled them in order that they may come to a place to have a, a conversation in the mirror. Of what is the state of my heart? What are the breaking points to which I would actually stand and obey the commands or turn my back on what God has said? To what point we would listen to, uh, you know, we, we've actually gone through Esau and Jacob. Where's the break point for where? 
a bowl of soup will actually do for my inheritance. So that's what he did. He humbled them. Natural circumstances, conditions of life, pandemics, looting, frustrations on your very soul. All of these news coming to, to burden our minds and our hearts and to, to put us into a corner, to make us feel afraid. Uh, you know, all of these conditions that we normally go through. But when God is in those conditions, when he is the one orchestrating and when we see that it's him, when we find the God of the moment, what we do see is his intention to teach us that man shall not live by bread alone. To show us that actually the things that propel life and give us victory in life is not bread alone. But every word that comes from his mouth. Every word that comes from his mouth. And so there's a shift in our perception of what the meaning of life should be. And how we engage with life. There's a shift in our perception. That we've got to hold value where value ought to be hold, held. For where my heart is, oh God, that's where my treasure lies. That's what the word says to us. And so we've got to place value on my treasure. What has been our treasure? What has been the, con if you were to sit and consider the things that cause pain and anxiety leads you directly to what we hold as treasure. The root cause of any outcome in our life is whether or not it is the word or it's are we living in natural things? Are we relying on, on stuff in, on, in the natural form of life? Is this flesh dictating too much? Am I touched too much by, by the things that are around me? Is there a sense of hope? Can I suffer loss and be hopeful? Can I suffer loss and hold on to the hope of my salvation? So that's what he says. He says to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from your mouth. Every word. Every word that proceeds from his mouth. It's easy to let go and lose sight of that. That there is God inside of the journey. And that he's been there always. He's always been there. He's Emmanuel. God has always been with us. So as a nation, God had to wait for a previous generation to pass on. But yet there was a Caleb and Joshua in that midst. And the word counts for us in Numbers. It says that they were of a different spirit. It means it takes a certain quality of person and, and a believer or saint that follows hard of the Lord to actually emerge of, out of a, a situation having a different spirit. And that different spirit, when we know, when we look at Joshua, he had to go on and take over the reins from Moses thereafter. He had to go on and actually lead the company of people into a promised land thereafter. But they began at the same time. They all went through the journey. They all, you know, ate the same manner. They all heard the same word. They all went through the same remembrance. They all heard the same laws and experienced the same miracles in their life. But there was a generation that didn't make it. A generation that actually, for them, having all of that still ended in death. Still ended in, you know, in dismay. Not fulfilling, not stepping into the next phase. But we see in this Joshua and Caleb that there is a way in which we journey with God that leads us to the next phase. 
and engaging a time of remembrance authentically, it filters these ancient contentions in our heart, stubborn realities, cultural hooks, and provides energy and strength to push past all of the old markers in our journey. A time that helps us reach new milestones in our journey with the Lord. So a time of remembrance is here for this. That as we authentically walk with the Lord, as we journey with Him, as we have the conversations, as we remind ourselves and rehearse the things that God has said to us, as we remind ourselves of the imperative that His voice is important, His voice is paramount in my life. It's paramount. It's the ultimate thing. I, I, you know, every step God is ordained. What does that mean? We, we, we make that proclamation, but what it really means is that it's paramount in my life. The voice of God is the first thing that I look for inside of any dealings in life. It's the first thing that I look for inside of any sort of change or phase in my life. I want to see you, God. I want to find you, God, in the moment. And so it filters us from all of these ancient contentions, things that have lingered over years, things that we can't get rid of, uh, things that are stubborn realities, cultural hooks, things that come and contend for the things of God in your life that have been passed on from generation to generation. There has to be a filtering from one generation to the next. There has to be more of God passing through from one generation to the other. There has to be more of God's voice passing through every moment of our life. We have to find God in every moment. And we have to be able to push through with more energy all of those old markers. And sometimes you can walk through life, right, over all of this stuff. You felt before 2019, there's a whole bunch of things that I'm journeying through. I've got battles. But wait till 2020 and then you realize battles, <laughs> right? You realize I had my trouble and my problems. Uh, and for some of us, it might be doing matric uh, in 2019. And then I'm going to go to campus and boom, no campus. <laughs> a whole bunch of other stuff comes, a whole lot of other trouble that we don't really account for. We're not ready to face things that happen inside of your life that actually we're not ready to face. But while we were journeying, there were times, there are certain spaces or a certain limit that we could go to in God before we were kind of feeling held back. And this is one of those moments where we have to sit and consider these things for ourselves. That we could not push through certain veneers, certain tensions, certain things in our life, certain lingering issues in our life. But a time of remembrance is actually to energize us and to resource us so that those old markers can be repositioned and moved back. We have to extend the territory of our engagement with God. We have to extend the territory that God has called us to. And, and we have to engage. So in engaging with this, this is what we're looking for. We're not just looking for, uh, you know, just to remember God. There has to be something that we are pushing back and the energy and life comes from God to do that. Time of remembrance is a, is a time of consolidation. It's about looking and evaluating a lot of the past hurts and past issues and past concerns and 
and things that we've had in our life, where there is healing to be had, we must receive healing from God. We must be willing to receive healing from God and put to bed the things that hold us back. We must be willing to receive strength from God and, and wisdom to consolidate, to put the things of God, the things that were happening in our life, these, this stuff that was kind of just floating around and, and random stuff must get consolidated in this time. This is not a time for random activity or random decision making. It's a time to walk ordained. It's a time to, to walk as, as vo the voice of God instructs. It's a time to walk with the Lord, being consolidated and whole. It's a time for wholeness, guys. It's a time for wholeness because what we don't want is to step into a promised land not being whole, and we know what that looks like, you know, from the Israelites. We can go into a space and go and, and have reports that come back and say we are like locusts. We can go into spaces when we finally arrive, the thing that you waited for, and the moment you just tip your toe into it, you realize, ah, I'm not confident enough. I'm afraid. I'm, I can't do this thing. We have to be whole and consolidated. We have to hold fast to the things that God has said, us, said to us. Because a time of remembrance is to remember the Lord your God who through his, and, uh, through his spirit has brought us through, through his word has brought us through. Not my own hands, manner which my forefathers did not even know, fed me. And so nothing that I have done has brought me here. The confidence is that the same God who delivered will deliver. The confidence is the same God who has brought me through will bring me through, who's provided will provide. And so we can't stand in a time where, it's, where we're ready to step into the next phase in God and be, you know, be mocked by the thing that is before us. We have to stand with confidence, be whole, and be consolidated. And a time of remembrance is to consolidate, is to have conversations of consolidation. So letting go of the past hurts and unresolved issues and tensions in our hearts. A time to face the lingering habits, all things, all things that come for us, stubborn and sticky things. You know, this will be a great conversation to have either with a, like with a some young men or, or, or men and ladies. So what are the, some of the sticky things that, that come and just latch themselves onto you that you can't really shake off too easily? You're unable to shake them off. But stubborn and sticky realities, whether they are brought on you by, 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 by cultural hooks that have been placed on you, it's time to actually have conversations. Those hooks must be released. Captives must be set free in this time. Things that entrap us from time to time, where we find that we run 10 steps ahead only to stumble and roll back. You make progression, you progress to a certain point, and you find that you fall back again. It's time to consolidate so that we progress and we keep our advance, that we are able to advance in the things of God for our own life and we can hold our space. We can hold the territory that we have now find ourselves in. And that, that phrase, to remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. So I'm going to take us through a scripture, and this is probably where I'm going to end. I'm going to read for us um, a psalm. We can, we can turn there in Psalm 77. Quite a beautiful psalm. 
And we'll probably pick on just a couple of things there, but let's read it first. It's a beautiful psalm in the context of where we find ourselves in. It's a psalm, it says, written for, for music, so I don't know. The guys here are inspired. And it's a psalm written by Asaph. Let's, go, let's read that together. It says, I cried out to God for help. I cried to you, God, to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be com comforted. I remember you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remember my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject me forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God gotten, forgotten to be merciful? Has he in, his, in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. For the years when the Most High stretched out his hand, the, some versions say, stretched out his hand against me. In verse 11, he says, but no, I will remember. In the NLT, he says, then I will recall the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember the miracles of long ago. I will consider your works and meditate all on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and, and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the world when your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. You led your people like a flock. In verse 3, it says, I remember you, O God. So it says, I remember you, O God, in verse 3. I remembered you and I groaned, I meditated. It says, that sort of remembering is, he's talking about a time that he's gone through. He's recalling there an experience where he's really just talking about his life and he's reached a certain point, right? Because you can see some anxiety build up in Asaph here. And what you see there is he's recounting, and that's sort of remember, he says, I remembered you, it's a past tense. He's saying, in those moments, I groaned and I remembered you, God. I did what I was supposed to do. I remembered you, God, I meditated, but my spirit grew faint. Yet you kept my eyes from closing. In verse five, he says, I thought about the former days, 
I thought about the former days. That's a time, that's conversation that he's having with God. He's remembering the former days, the things that have gone past, the things that he has gone through. So I remembered the former days in verse 5. The years long ago, my journey with the God. I'm recounting my journey, O oh Lord. I'm recounting this. I'm remembering my former days. I'm remembering even the formative days of my walk with you. The things that I knew to do where I could remember to fall at your feet. I could remember to, to engage with you, to groan. Verse 6 says, I remembered my songs in the night. I remembered my songs in the night and my heart meditated and my spirit asked. I remember my groanings, my song in the night. I remember my, my time, oh God, where, where I had to find something. I had to find you. I searched for you. I remember the, the songs of supplication I sang to you, the songs and petitions I made to you. I remember my words resounding to you. I remember my, my songs sung to you at night. And verse 7, these are the questions he's asking. He says, will the Lord reject forever? Verse 8, has his promise failed for all time? Now what happens here is you're going through a situation. And this is what the guy is going through. He's going through a situation where he's recounting stuff. And he comes to this juncture in the psalm where he, he starts to say, but will the Lord reject forever? Has his promise failed for all time? And he's starting to feel a certain way about the things he's just gone through. He's having a certain relationship with the, his history, his past, his stuff that he's going through. Verse 10. Then I thought. That word thought is, is quite, uh, you know, we, we normally say considered in the positive there. But. When he goes from, you know, will you forget me? Have I been rejected? He says, then I thought. That word is actually a protest before God. It actually, in some, some of the translation, in, it says, this I said in anguish before God. Has this been my fate? You know, he's, he's reading a point of despair before God. He says, then I thought. He's about to protest before the Lord. He says, God's hands have been against me. I need to appeal this thing. I need to appeal this thing before you. And in verse 11, it says, I remember, I will remember your deeds. I will remember your miracles. In verse 11, that NLT says, but then I recalled. But then I recall. He reaches this point where he starts to get to this point of protest before God. This is what life has been, God. This is where I find myself today. I am, I am in despair. I don't really like what's going on inside of this space. You've spoken some stuff over the years. You've done things over the years. I don't see any of that now. All I see is hardship. How long will I suffer here? How long will I go through this? How long would I be in this wilderness experience that I'm going through? And then he, in this conversation with the Lord, comes to a point and says, but then I recalled. I brought to remembrance something. Then I recalled. I brought to remembrance. Verse 11. And what does he bring to remembrance. It says, I remember the miracles of long ago. Now, didn't he just say long ago and the former days? He was recounting long ago and in the former days. In verse 5, I thought of my former days and the years long ago. 
and it led him to a place of anguish and despair. But then I recall, then I remember my God. Then I recall your good deeds and the miracles of long ago. And all of a sudden, the former days look different. All of a sudden, the, the sufferings and the, and the journey that has been starts to feel a little different to you and feels like it was worth it. All of the constriction that I have to live under, all of the sufferings that I had to go through was worth it for this time. Because I remembered not only did I suffer, but there were miracles. I remembered that not only was times tough, but your deeds were great towards me. Your goodness towards me was great. I will consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. And then he goes through this and says, well, I came to this point of despair. I viewed my life in this way according to the natural set of circumstances. And I was in despair. But now that I am recalling you, O oh God, it makes sense that I go now and consider even more and meditate on all of your mighty deeds. All of your mighty deeds. Finding the God of the moment that then I recall moment leads him to a place of, let me look for God in more of those moments. Let me find God in more of those experiences. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as you. You are God who performs miracles and display your power amongst people. You, a mighty arm, redeemed your people. You are descendants of Jacob and, and, and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters you saw you and right and the very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder and your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the whole world and the earth trembled and quaked. And he's talking about the Israelites escaping Egypt. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by your hand, uh, by the hand of Moses and Aaron. How beautiful is that? It's such a beautiful conversation to have and, and a time of remembrance. I, I would want our conversations to be like this, where we begin recalling this stuff. We talk here about things. And in that time, we, we may feel a certain way about what life has been. But what we're really recounting, what we're really looking for is the God of those moments. And the more we see God of those moments, the more we want to see God of those moments. We want to see him in the same things that we said in my former days and long ago when 10 years ago, when five years ago, when I met you, Lord, life was like this. I was, I was, I was in this place, you know, when, when I met the Lord and, and I took on your stuff and I was filled with joy, the joy of my salvation. But over the years of God, my joy has been dripping out it's been leaving me because the, the, the s just life, life happens and things go around me. But in those moments, you have been there. In those moments, there's been the lion and the bear. In those moments, there's been miracles. There's been the parting of the sea. There's been waters coming out of a rock. There's been manna that fed me, oh God. And in those moments of, of constraint, I've learned a very valuable thing, to look to the Lord and for his voice. When there is no food and when there is famine, I learned a valuable thing in my life. Look to the Lord, for better is the voice and the words that come from his mouth 
than anything that I can get here. And so we look for God in this moment. We look for God in this moment. I had a couple of questions that I was going through and then we're going to end. And it says, well, if I have to consider this, so what has been the quality of my fellowship over the years? From the day I said yes to you, God, what has the journey been like? And these are things that we can probably ask ourselves, even, even maybe bring some of those things, those findings. This is a fact-finding mission that we're on about finding the God of our moment, but also looking for the things that hold us back, the sticky stuff that hold us back. So what has been the quality of my fellowship, oh God? That's the thing that I want to take to my conversations, to my, I want to call someone up and say, hey, you know what, this, this is stuff that's been going on with me from the day I said yes to God in his word. Um, so what is the quality of my belief then in the kingdom of God? And in a day like this with the pandemic, this is an important question to ask. What is the quality of my belief in the kingdom of God and his word to restore our humanity? Where's the fruit of that God in my life? So I believe in your word. I believe that your word has come to actually change my humanity. I believe in your word to change my citizenship, to change my manhood, my womanhood, to change who I am, my devotional life, my followership has to change. Oh God, do we, have we journeyed and just got used to the you know, going to church like, like, like believers normally do. Uh, we lost faith in actually God who is able to change our humanity and change the condition of life. And that's a question we've got to ask ourselves. It's not a question that we, you know, it's, it's been thrown uh, or hurled at us. This is an introspection of our life, an evaluation of the quality of my walk with the Lord. And I think it's time, it's part of this conversation where we talk with one another, where we, where we go into our little groups and we have conversations, when we call up someone to have a chat to, or we pray together to say, a, you know, pass on a prayer request and say, I think these are the things that I want you to pray with me with. I'm fasting in this time. I'm, I'm wanting to pray, want you to pray with me around these issues. What we're really looking is to say, God, what is the quality of my followership? How has it been? Evaluate me. Search me and know me, O oh God. Find out is there any ill way in me, any iniquity, anything that may possibly work against the unfolding destiny that you have for me. The unfolding work that I must do. Is there any appeal or contestation? Am I bitter about some stuff that's gone on in my life that I need to talk through and, and work through? Am I carrying an issue of bitterness of some things that, that whether by my own hand or or by someone else's hand that I've suffered. And then we have to come to that place. But then I will recall. And I will remember you, oh God. Amen.